Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Father, we pray your word would go forth to encourage your people this morning, that you would build up your community, O oh God, that uh, you would animate my words, um, that it would uh, reach uh, the, the, the people with your love and uh, with the fullness of what you have for them today. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, in my most recent, recent sermons, we have gone from Tsuris to Shalom. From Tsuris to healing, and from Tsuris to glory. Today, for the final Shabbat of comfort before Rosh Hashanah, we are going from Tsuris to Tsuris, returning to your troubles. Now, why would anyone want to do that? Well, I'll answer that question with another question because I'm a Jew. That's how we do it. What is it like to prepare for a wedding? One of my friends recently went through this process, so I asked her to share some thoughts about it, and this is a quote. <clears throat> it was amazing, terrifying, awesome, overwhelming, all of the feelings. It was almost unbelievable that this day was here the day I had been dreaming about since I was a little girl. God answered my prayers to find the one he made for me. Every decision mattered a lot because this was the big day. My only one, I only had one shot at making our wedding perfect. Each decision was massive and so exciting. Closing on the venue, choosing the cake, the color scheme, oh, and my dress. Each decision made the day more real. The journey was just awesome. Some days it was overwhelming. Concerns about being wise with money while having a good quality celebration consumed my mind. Settling on the guest list was so hard for someone who really wants to be inclusive of everyone, but it needed to be done to fit our budget. Keeping in mind things that would make the wedding more us, this was also big for me. I am all for unique and creative. What were details that we could incorporate it to make it more us? Would Logan like a shotgun shell boutonniere? Yes! <coughs> you got it. Could we record us singing our dance song? Oh yeah, let's make it happen. Can I surprise him with singing my walk-in song? So I did. Writing our own vows, getting a messianic ketubah with specific wordings we looked for, and so much more. So many things made me ecstatic. There were so many ideas floating around, so many Pinterest boards, so many things to store in my tiny bedroom. There were so many deadlines to remember and checks to write. But at the end of the day, all that really mattered was that I was marrying my favorite person in the whole entire world. The day of the wedding, I made a decision. Everyone had warned me that something was going to go wrong at some point. 
I decided that whatever it was, nothing was going to rob me of my focus of marrying Logan. That day, I would become Mrs. Elliot. If the chuppah was not perfect, it did not matter. If centerpieces were mixed up, it would be fine. The music, well, that would be a little harder. I had done my share, I prepared, I wrote a schedule that was about five pages long with all the details for all those involved from the vendors to the wedding party. Now I was going to savor the most awesome day I had waited for. Logan and I were becoming husband and wife. He would soon see me in my dress. We would share our vows and become one before God and men. Nothing was more important than that. The expectation for our wedding day made me think of our expectation for Messiah's return. How much more should we be prepared as a bride for our perfect groom? I wanted to be spotless and without wrinkle for Logan. I got my hair and nails done and tried to look the most beautiful I had yet. How much more for Yeshua? Unquote. All right. I'm sure by now you know who my friend is. Thank you, Maggie, for sharing this this story with us. Uh, And the rabbinic tradition gives us this story. God is searching for his bride, the Jewish people. His pursuit brings him into the tannery, considered by the Talmud to be the filthiest and stinkiest of marketplaces, where he finds his beautiful bride reeking from the foul smells of her work. The groom, completely in love, ignores the smell. In fact, as far as he is concerned, he is in a marketplace of perfumes, and he brings his wife out of the tannery and cleans her to restore her inner and outer beauty. Now, usually in my marital experience, it's the man who is stinkier, but for the purposes of this analogy, they have bestowed stinkiness upon the bride. Why is that? Because God is the groom in the analogy, and Israel is the bride, and God is not stinky. Why? (laughs) God overlooks all our stinkiness, all of our flaws, because of his great mercy upon us. Aren't you thankful for that? He does not treat us as our sins deserve. And not only that, he offers us a way to cleanse, right? To get that gunk off so we can be a bride pure and clean and whole and secure in God's love for us through trusting and allegiance to Yeshua the Messiah. The restoration of Zion is described as a royal wedding. What do you do before a wedding? You get ready. You prepare. There are apparently a lot of details, a lot of stress, a lot of surus. But at the end of the day, it's not about that. The Haftarah portion reminds us of this. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation, her Yeshua, as a blazing torch. Nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called a new name, which Adonai's mouth will bestow. Doesn't the bride get a new name on her wedding day? Yeah. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of Adonai and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will you be termed forsaken. No longer will your land termed desolate. Instead, you will be called, my delight is in her and your land 
married. For Adonai delights in you, and your land will be married. For as a young man goes forth in a wedding procession to take up residence with his future bride, so shall your children come in festive procession to dwell in you. And then as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride on their wedding night, so shall your God rejoice over you. From Isaiah 62. In Jewish tradition, there are some connections between Yom Kippur and a wedding. So we better get ready, right? Often the groom and bride fast on their wedding day. They will undergo immersion in water, a mikvah, to cleanse themselves in anticipation of a new life together. Often the groom wears a kittle under the chuppah, which is a traditional garment for Yom Kippur, also because it is white, the color of purity. I intend to wear one myself here on the bima on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. Yom Kippur is uh, a wedding day, rather, is one of the most important and holiest days of someone's life. Yom Kippur recognizes the importance of the covenant between God and Israel. This covenant is, guess what, like a marriage, a wedding celebration. Even the prophet Isaiah just said so. Don't take my word for it. Read the book, as uh, Reading Rainbow used to say. There is a tearing and there is a repairing that happens at a wedding. What happens? The bride and the groom tear away from their parents and cleave to each other, creating a new family. There is a tearing and repairing that happens during Yom Kippur, right? We rend our hearts before Hashem so that He can do what? He can repair them again. Often on Yom Kippur, you get a headache from not eating or drinking. So too, a wedding and the marriage that follows it is nothing like that at all, of course. Yes, okay, just seeing if you were listening. For a wedding, (laughs) for a wedding you have three parts. You have the procession, the consummation, and the celebration. For us, the procession is now. It's Elul and the days of awe. The consummation is Yom Kippur. And the celebration, we're going to go camping. It's Sukkot. I got a new tent I'm so excited about. It hovers above the ground. I'm not, I'm not supposed to talk about that right now. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. Bring it together, David. All right, here we go. <clears throat> These days of Elul and the days of awe for the 10 days after Rosh Hashanah are the time to prepare for the wedding at Yom Kippur. You wouldn't show up to your own wedding without fixing yourself up a bit, would you? Then kal v'chomer, as Meggie reminded us, how much more should we prepare for the wedding of weddings? Israel and the commonwealth of Israel is the bride and the Lord is the groom. So don't get stuck without a dress, without makeup, without getting your hair did. In other words, don't show up to Yom Kippur without taking account of your soul. So how do we prepare for the wedding? Well, here are my five Elul and Days of Awe tips, some encouragements for this week and for next week. Number one, time and place. Find a time and place that's consistent where you can journal, 
where you can sit with your surus, your anxieties, your flaws, the stinky parts. God is not going to be surprised or dismayed or dispelled by your flaws. Guess what? Spoiler alert, he already knows. Might as well come clean. Here is a good prayer for this season. Let's say it together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any offensive way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's read it again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any offensive way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's from Psalm 139, if you want to check it out later. Speaking of Scripture, here's tip number two. Do some biblical meditation. I'm not talking about Eastern meditation. I'm talking about, as my friend Jason likes to say, marinating, right? Marinating in a helpful verse of Scripture, just stewing in it, letting it permeate your nefesh. The other day, I got lunch, and I sat in a park, and I put my phone away, and I just thought about this verse from Romans 12:1. I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And I realized that I am the sacrifice. But Scripture says we're also a kingdom of priests. And then I thought about how Yeshua is both the high priest and the sacrifice, and how we are conformed to his image, and about how, therefore, we are both priests, in a sense, with a role to intercede for others that are hurting, and in another sense, we are both the sacrifice, with a role to surrender everything we are to God. So these were my thoughts as I marinated on this scripture. What nugget of encouragement will you discover as you meditate on his word? Tip number three, get a mentor or a buddy. Scripture says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, without guidance, people fall. But with many counselors, there is deliverance. We all need encouragement. We need relationships. We need people to do life with. We need each other, right? Who in this community is God calling you to relate to, to check up on, to reach out to? In the hero's journey, the hero always acquires a mentor. And remember, a hero lies in you. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Thank you. I'm also available for bar mitzvahs. Speaking of relationship and mentorship and fellowship, this brings us to ship number four. I mean, excuse me, tip number four. Make it right with your brother and sister. Yeshua instructed us that if we have something against someone or if we believe they may have something against us, then we go to them and try to work it out and we repent to them if necessary. During the month of Elul and during the days of awe, it is customary to try to make amends, to apologize, to seek out those whom we may have hurt or those whom we may not have forgiven or those who may have hurt us. Is there someone 
for whom God is calling you to make it right. Guess what? Now is the time. And finally, tip number five, which is a three-in-one. It's a threefer. The triple A's. Awareness, accounting of the soul, and application. Right? Awareness is asking God to show us things. Asking him to make us aware of our troubles, our flaws. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to sit with your troubles for a bit. You have to return to your tsuris. Lord, I keep stumbling in this area. Why is that? Show me the root problem. Lord, I can't seem to move forward in this, in this area of my life. Why is that? Show me the stumbling block, the wall that's in my way. And then you just acknowledge it. You don't have to judge yourself. Paul says he doesn't judge himself. You don't have to criticize yourself. Just make yourself aware of the troubles. In building awareness, you are starting to take account of your soul, which in Hebrew is cheshbon hanefesh. Can you try that? Cheshbon hanefesh. All right? And uh, we have some Israelis in our community, and I'm sure if I pronounce that wrong, they will uh, let me know. But hopefully I did it right. Okay. So cheshbon in modern Hebrew is uh, the account. It's the bill. It's what you ask for. The, the, you ask the waiter for this at the end of the meal. Ha cheshbon. All right. What kinds of stuff did we order? What's the damage? Right? That's what we always want to know. And once we've allowed God to bring awareness and an account for what we've done, we move to application. The first application when we are confronted with these troubles is not to sweep them under the rug, but to repent. Teshuvah, repentance is a turning. We ask for God's help to turn away from these things that are not pleasing to him. I encourage you to take some time this week and next week Make a consistent time and place. Meditate on the scripture. Develop or strengthen relationships in the community. And make it right with those whom you may have hurt or may have hurt you. And do the triple A's. Not uh, the automobile association. Not that one. Awareness, accounting of the soul, cheshbon hanefesh, and application. As we heard from Meggie, preparing for a wedding is not always rainbows and puppies. It can be stressful. We, don't, we usually don't enjoy it when God is shining the light of his love into those places in our lives that we would rather not look at. But it is good for us. Think of all the epic stories you love, the books, the movies, the TV shows. It's the hero's journey. And guess what? You are on your own hero's journey. You have left home. You've been exiled to a foreign land. You have acquired a mentor, hopefully. You have been tested through many trials and much service, and now you have returned home, transformed. The home is the same, but you are not the same. You're back to the same service as before, but you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's time to go on your high holiday hero's journey. When you reach Yom Kippur, it's your wedding day. 
It will be the same time and place as it is every year, but you will be different. Isaiah has cried out before, prepare ye the way for the Lord. He did that in the beginning of uh, the second part of Isaiah. But now, in this week's Haftarah, he cries out something else. It's not prepare ye the way for the Lord. Go through, go through the gates, clear the way for who? For the people, for us. Build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a banner over the peoples. Behold, Adonai has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation, your Yeshua comes. See, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Then they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of Adonai, and you will be called sought out, a city not forsaken. Amen. Let's pray. Avinu, Father, we thank you um, for uh, preparing us for this wedding. We thank you that there might be some tsuris, there might be some difficulties, but we thank you that you are with us. Um, also, in this week's Haftorah, it says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. And we get the sense that uh, you were the fourth man in the fire when uh, Daniel's three friends were thrown into the fiery furnace. You were with them there. You are with us in our tsuris, in our troubles. And, uh, and you help us. You help us sit with them. You help us return to them because you transform us, Lord, and you prepare us. Make us a bride pure and ready for this wedding and uh, help us to do the accounting of our soul. Help us to do that work. Help us to make it right with our brother and our sister. Help us to, um, to honor you and let you into all those secret places in our heart, Lord, so that we're ready. We're ready for you. And we can truly rejoice and celebrate when we get to Sukkot, when you tabernacle with us through Yeshua the Messiah, the one whom you sent to be God with us. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.